Let's pray together. Father, we intercede for the little babies right now that are in the rooms of their mothers. And some of these mothers across this country are contemplating abortion. God, I pray that you would sovereignly place believers in their paths, believers who are full of compassion and full of wisdom and full of boldness as well. Lord, that we might see lives saved even this week. God, I pray for the women even maybe in our midst who have had an abortion. I pray that you would bring such hope, such healing, that they would be flooded with your love and your forgiveness and understanding grace that only comes from such a great, good, heavenly Father. Lord, we ask that you meet with us now. We pray that you would teach us. Lord, I ask that you would guide me and enable me and grant me a a liberty and a wisdom and a freedom and a passion just to preach your word as it deserves to be preached. And Lord, that we would have ears to hear and eyes to see and that you would draw us closer to yourself. Father, may this be a holy time as we meet as your children in this place to hear from you. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. I have a friend and fellow pastor uh, that I get together with from time to time. His name is Robert, and he recently shared with me the story of adopting his daughter. This past October, he had traveled to Ghana, Africa. It's a 5,700-mile trip, 17-and-a-half-hour flight away, long way away. He was picking up a very precious little six-year-old girl named Sarah to be his daughter. She was waiting and longing and excited to uh, see her new daddy again and to finally be brought home by him. And there was a lot of sacrifice of time and money and effort that had gone into adopting this little girl, a lot of emotional expectation and excitement on both sides. Um, He arrived in Ghana, began the process of bringing his little girl home, and then was told by the Ghanaian embassy that further investigation had to take place to verify that she truly was an orphan due to the corruption in some African adoptions. A few days passed, no word from the embassy. A week passed, no word from the embassy. Two weeks passed, still no approval from the embassy. And during that time, Robert had been spending time with Sierra, traveling around the town, bonding as father and daughter each day hoping and waiting to hear from the embassy. Once the possibility was gone for attaining her visa, Robert had to look that little girl in the eye and tell her he had to leave without her. They were in a restaurant at the time, and at that time she climbed up in his lap in that restaurant, and for an hour she just cried and cried and cried. Every true believer in Christ has a story of adoption. If you're a child of God, you have a story of adoption. Our Heavenly Father sought us and claimed us as his own, and he was never turned away. He was able to do the work that it took to draw us to himself. Today on Sanctity of Life Sunday, I thought it was appropriate to learn about adoption, your adoption, you who know Jesus Christ as your Savior to remember what God has done for you, to understand his love for you, how he drew you to himself. And so I want you to take your Bibles if you have one, and we're going to look at a couple different passages, but we're going to start in the book of Galatians. Galatians chapter 4. 
Galatians chapter 4, when we learn about our adoption. And my prayer is that if you don't have a story of adoption, you're not a child of God, that today will be your adoption day. That today you'll place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Galatians chapter 4, starting in verse 4. But when the fullness of time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Because you are sons, God has sent forth his, the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying what? Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. The story of your adoption begins with God. He made the trip for you. In the fullness of time, now, my friend Robert made the trip. He left America for Africa. But your God left the holiness of heaven for the sinful slums of this earth. And he looked for you, and he found you, and he adopted you because of his love. From the splendor of heaven, he left the myriads of angels, and at every whim that he has, they obey him. To come to the squalor of sin and debauchery everywhere on this wicked and depraved planet. Poverty stricken at the greatest sense, spiritually speaking. To find you. To draw you. To bring you to himself as his own dear child. Just think about this trip and the timing for a moment. Fullness of time. God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law. He came at the right time. It was God's sovereign timetable. The plan of redemption was revealed. There was a common language to carry the gospel, Greek. There was an incredible road system to carry the, God, the gospel the Romans had built. And he was the right person. God sent forth his son, sinless, divinity, perfect, holy. He was the right person because and he was the right substitute. He was born of a woman. So he was fully God and yet fully man. The absolute perfect substitute to die on your behalf to save your soul so that God could claim you as his own. And the circumstances were right. He was born under the law. The law of God revealed a couple things. First, it revealed how sinful I am, how sinful you are, our inability to live up to God's righteous standards. We can't attain to them. The law also revealed how sinless Jesus is, perfect, fully satisfying the requirements of the law. He was the worthy substitute, the sacrifice for our sin. So the story of our adoption begins with God. He made the trip. The story of adoption also means he paid the price. He paid the price for you. We read in verse 5 that he might redeem those who are under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Now, overseas adoptions are pretty expensive. $35,000 to $70,000 per child is what they cost. Numerous trips back and forth from the country, money and services and, and the agency, and not to mention shelling out a lot of money for Junior for the rest of his life. Adoptions are expensive. Overseas adoptions are expensive. Interplanetary adoptions are much more so. From heaven to this earth, you and I cost God big time. Don't you ever forget what God spent on you. Don't you ever forget what it cost God to redeem us. And that's the word that he uses. He redeemed us. Literally means to buy out, to purchase. It's in the context of slavery. Purchasing the freedom of a slave. You and I were slaves. 
We were slaves to sin, locked in these dungeons of disgrace, behind bars of rebellion, on death row, condemned for life. That's where I was. That's where you were. And God said, I'm going to set you free. I'm going to save you. I'm going to redeem you. I'm going to purchase you. I'm going to pardon you. And I'm going to pay for you with my own life. Don't ever forget what it costs God to save you, to save me. He redeemed us, and then it says that we might receive the adoption of sons. What a deal. Think about an adopted child here on earth. There's nothing that they can give to be adopted. There's nothing they can do to be adopted. It's completely out of their hands. The same is true for us spiritually. There is nothing I could do to get God to adopt me. There is nothing I could give to get God to adopt me. It was completely beyond my ability. It was all of grace. Ephesians teaches us, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that what? Not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. We fall in the grace and grace of God alone. That's how we are adopted. You're here this morning and you've not fallen on the grace of God. You're not a child of God. You need to understand today can be your day of adoption. Fall on His grace. In his grace alone. It says here that we might receive the adoption as sons. What does that mean? Well, when a child is adopted here in America or in another nation, that, that child is given the full rights of relationship, the full rights and privileges of, of being in the family. Whether they're naturally born into the family or not, they're part of the family. God has done the same with us. Never forget the full rights and privileges that have been given to you. You have been adopted into the family of God. The story of our adoption is God who made the trip and God who paid the price and God who began a relationship with you. We see this in verse 6 and in verse 5 as well. Over and over, son, 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 he calls us his child. Because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts crying what? Abba, Father, therefore you are no longer a slave but a son. A couple things here. God calls you a son. He says, I want you to understand the firm confirmation here. You're a child of God, you're in the family of God, and don't you ever doubt it. If you've received Christ as your Savior and you've asked for forgiveness of sins by grace through faith alone, you are God's child. He says, you're my son. He says, you know what? And I'm giving you my spirit he says, this is the official part. I've sent forth the spirit of, the son, of his son into our hearts. Here's the papers. They've been signed. Done deal. No one is holding on to your visa. No one is holding it back. You've been sealed. Ephesians 1.13. In him you also, after listening to the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having also believed, you were sealed in him with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is given as a pledge of our inheritance, all that's to come, with the view to the redemption of God's own possession, to the praise of his glory. In other words, there's going to be no messy court battles. Nobody's going to come back to get you, to take you away from God. Oh, would Satan love to do that? He can't. You're no longer a child of hell. You're a child of heaven. You now belong to God. You have been adopted, and it's a done deal. Once a child of hell, now forever a child of heaven. He calls you his son. He seals you with the Spirit. And so as, as a child, we need to cry out to him. He says, I've given you this privilege. 
God has sent forth the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father, Abba. This is not the Swedish rock group from the 70s, just to let you know. Okay? Abba is the Aramaic word for father. It's a term of endearment. It's, it's daddy. It's papa. My six-year-old daughter this past week, I, I was away all week. I was at a pastor's conference suffering for Jesus in Tampa, Florida. <sighs> Brilliant idea. Whoever thought of pastor's conferences in Florida in the middle of January. Brilliant idea. But I, I missed my family, and I came in the door, and my six-year-old daughter saw me. Right away, her eyes got big, her hands went up, and she went running to me saying, boss man. No, that's not what she said. (laughs) Pastor. That's not what she said. What did she say? Daddy. And she melted my heart and made my day as I held on to her and she held on to me. That's the picture here. He says, you go run to your father. Call out to your father. Cling to your father. He loves you. That's the picture. Cry out to him in times of sorrow and hurt and discouragement and disappointment and confusion. Cry out to him. He's your father. Cry out to him when you're in need of help and in need of strength and you're in need of wisdom and you're in need of direction. You don't know what to do. Cry out to him. He's your father. Cry out to him in gratitude and praise and thanks for the blessing that he has bestowed. Cry out to him. Cry out to him in trust. When you're in the middle of a trial and you know you need to have faith and believe. It's what the Lord did in the garden before the cross in Mark 14. He was saying, Abba, Father, all things are possible for you. Remove this cup from me, not yet, not yet, not what I will, but what you will. We see this term repeated in Romans chapter 8, verse 15. But you have received a spirit of adoption. As sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. God gives us the spirit of adoption to know that we belong. God wants you to have full assurance that you are a child of God. If you've received him, God wants you to know that and be assured of it. Why? Because a doubting Christian is a defeated Christian. A doubting Christian is a discouraged Christian. He says, I want you to know I'm your father and I want you to know in firm confirmation that I am there for you. And you can call out to me at any time and you can run to me about anything. I am not gonna turn you away. I am your father. Isn't that just what an adopted child wants to know here on earth? That they can have full assurance that they're part of this family. Isn't that just what an adopted child on this earth wants to know? That, that they, they recognize a relationship that they can call out to their dad and that he will hear them and care for them and love them. And there's an inner testimony of divine adoption. In verse 16, he says in, sh- in this chapter, he testifies, the Spirit testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. That's why we have full assurance when we call out to God, you're our, my father. That's the assurance, the inner testimony of the Spirit. So the story of your adoption, he made the trip, he paid the price, he began a relationship, he promises a future to you. Galatians 4, 7, therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. 
from slavery to sonship, we were slaves. Remember, dungeon of disgrace, bars of rebellion, on death row. And now, we are sons. See the same truth repeated in Romans 8, 15. For you have not received a spirit of slavery, leading to fear again. But you've received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father. We are not slaves of sin. He tells us a slave of sin lives in fear. If you're a slave of sin, you live in fear. You live in fear of getting caught. You live in fear of judgment. You live in fear of consequences. He says, I've set you free. You are no longer a slave of sin. You are a son of God. The transformation, the transaction has taken place. Full right and privilege of sonship and being in the family is now yours to be enjoyed. And with that, he says in verse 7, then you're an heir through God. If a son, then an heir. In other words, the ultimate outcome of relationship with the father is inheritance in his estate. The ultimate outcome of a relationship with the father is inheritance in his estate. My brother Derek and my sister Leah and myself are heirs of my dad's estate. I was talking to my dad on the phone about this last night. I wanted to make sure I was still in his will. (laughs) How did I become an heir? Through relationship. You become an heir through relationship. You are not heirs of my dad's estate. No matter how much you might want to be. Why? Because you're not related. He's not your dad. You're not his child. I'm his child. He's my dad. There are a lot of people in this world that think they're going to inherit heaven, but they don't have a relationship with the Father. I want you to understand they got another thing coming, and it's not heaven. There is only one way you can inherit and be an heir of heaven, and that's through a relationship with the Father. And again, you may be here, and you thought you were going to heaven, and God wants you to know you're not, but today you can be adopted into his family because the Lord died on the cross for your sins. And it's not of you, and it's not of me, and it's not of anything we have done. And God says, would you just come to me? I will adopt you. Would you just fall before me and place your your faith in me? My grace and mercy will be shown to you. I want to encourage you. At the end of the service, I always lead in in a prayer. You can place your faith in the Lord. Today can be your day of adoption. You can trust the Lord as your Savior and inherit heaven. Children are heirs, Romans 6, or Romans 8, 16. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit. We're children of God. And if children, heirs also, heirs of God, fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him so that we may also be glorified with him. If children of God, heirs of God. And here's the incredible thought. We give ourselves to God in faith, and he gives us everything that his son possesses. Free. Through Christ. No works all grace, all mercy. There's a solemn truth, though. If we suffer with him, we'll also be glorified with him. There is suffering in this life. But praise God, we will be glorified in the next. And don't miss that. Here's a little taste of our inheritance. Ephesians 1, 3. 
Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Ephesians 2, 6, and 7. And he's raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the ages to come, tens of thousands of tens of thousands of years, he might show the surpassing riches of his grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians 2, 9. But just as it is written, things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which have not entered into the heart of man. You can't even begin to imagine what it's going to be like. All that God has prepared for those who love him. He says, you ain't seen nothing yet. You ain't seen nothing yet. I did a series a few years ago on heaven. It was a seven-week series. What is heaven? What do we do in heaven? What is like, what is like in heaven? What, what, is, what is heaven all about? You can download the podcast for free, Seven Weeks of Heaven. That's your inheritance. Learn about heaven, child of God. That's where you're going. That's where you're going. He's made the trip. He's paid the price. He's began a relationship. He's promised a future. The story of your adoption, it continues. It's out of love he chose you. It's out of love chose you. Ephesians chapter 1. Just listen to these verses, starting in verse 4. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him in love, he predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he freely bestowed on us in the beloved. Parents who adopt a child make a choice. Parents who adopt a child make a selection. Sometimes they travel to another country, to an orphanage, and they watch the children, and they choose one of them. Sometimes a video is sent to them, and they watch the video, and they select a child. Sometimes it's an array of pictures, and, and they pick one of the children. I want you to understand first, if you've been adopted here on this earth, someone looked at you, and someone chose to love you. What a privilege has been given. Someone reached out to you. Someone cared for you. And they selected you. Once you understand that's what God did, he made a choice out of love and kindness. In love, he predestined us to adoption as sons according to the kind intention of his will. It was out of love. Adoption is the loving option. He didn't leave us as slaves of sin. He didn't leave us to face judgment. He rescued your soul. He rescued my soul from that slum of sin. And he said, I'm claiming you as my own. You're going to be my child. And it's agape love. It's, it's a love that is selfless, and it's a love that's sacrificial, and it's, it's also the kind intention of his will. In other words, not out of our goodness, and, and, and not out of our talents. It's not of us. It's all of God. He chose us. He predestined us. That's what Ephesians 1, 4, and 5 says. Chose us predestined us. In other words, we had nothing to do with our spiritual adoption. It was all of God, and it was all of grace. Now, sometimes we wrestle with this. Predestination and election, and I don't understand it, and you never will. It's beyond us. We have finite minds. God is infinite. How can God choose us, but yet we must choose God? It's called an antinomy of reasons, two parallel truths that run side by side 
that never cross and never contradict. And both are true. God has chosen, but yet we must choose. In other words, this doesn't remove our responsibility. It doesn't remove free will. People still must choose God. And some of you are here today. You've not chosen God. He's chosen you. But you now must choose God and let the adoption be complete. What is the purpose of our election, our being chosen, made a child of God? He tells us in verse 4 of Ephesians 1 that we would be holy and blameless before him. He has set us apart. He has sanctified us. He has made us holy. We are to be vessels of honor for the glory of God. And some of you have a little dirt on your vessel. You're not clean like you should be. And maybe today is a day of confession. Saying, God, you've called me to holiness and I haven't been. I need to be a vessel of honor. The means by which we were adopted, he tells us, through Jesus Christ to himself. That's the redemption price. It was the death of the Lord that saved us. What's the response? Ephesians 1, 6, to the praise of the glory of his grace. That's the proper response. Give him praise. He's adopted you. He's chosen you. He's selected you. Some people, when they find out that they've been adopted, after years of not realizing it, handle it differently. Some people get upset. They're, they're mad at their birth parents that they were given up for adoption, and why didn't they, they, they claim me as their own, and what took place? Some people, when they find out they're adopted, struggle with insecurity from time to time in their lives, not sure if they really belong. Some people, when they're adopted, distance themselves from their adoptive parents, which is really sad because those parents reached out in love and care. But they're not my real parents. I want to encourage you not to distance yourself from your heavenly father. Not to rebel in your spiritual teenage years, so to speak. Because some of you have distanced yourselves from your heavenly father. And all he has done is showered you with love and care and grace and mercy. And maybe today is the day that God is saying, come back to me, my child. Maybe you've been the prodigal. And the father, his arms are open wide and he's running towards you and he's saying, would you come back? I adopted you. I still claim you as my own. I forgive you. I love you. So maybe that's you. It's time to come back to your heavenly father. Stop distancing yourself. In other words, stop giving your heavenly father grief and start giving your heavenly father glory. No more grief. Give him glory. The story of our adoption, made the trip, paid the price, began a relationship, promises a future out of love. He chose you, and he will complete it for you. Your adoption actually is not quite complete. There's one more very important step that needs to take place. I want you to understand, all of creation, this entire earth groans, waiting for the Lord to redeem this planet. And by the way, we groan within ourselves along with this planet and all creation. Romans 8.23, not only this, but we also groan. We also, we ourselves having the first fruits of the Spirit, we, we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our body. We groan. 
We groan over a few things. We groan over the consequences of sin in our own lives. We groan over the consequences of sins in other people's lives. We groan over the consequences of sin in this world all around us. It's so sad, all the sin. We groan. We groan for deliverance from this fallen world. We want God to make it right. There's so much evil. There's so much wrong. God, make it right. Would you redeem this place? Come back. Make it right. We groan. We also groan in these bodies of ours. We groan. We groan as we get older and our bodies break down. Our knees aren't what they used to be. Our hearing isn't what it used to be. I'll say it again. Our hearing isn't what it used to be. Our, Our eyes, you're all fuzzy right now. Our eyes aren't what they used to be. Our hearts aren't what they used to be. Our hair isn't what it used to be. Our teeth and the list goes on. And you know what? We wake up in the morning, some of us. I know you young people are thinking, what's he talking about? You just wait. <laughs> Don't we older people? Don't you older people? <laughs> we groan. We groan. As a matter of fact, our bodies are likened to a tent, a temporary structure that's eventually taken down. We see it in Second Corinthians 5. For we know that if the earthly tent, which is our house, is torn down, we're going to die someday. We have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For indeed, in this house we what? We groan. Long to be clothed with our dwelling from heaven. Verse 4, for indeed, while we are in this tent, we what? We groan, being burdened because we do not want to be unclothed but to be clothed, so that what is mortal will be swallowed up by life. I can't be wait to be swallowed up by eternal life. We are of good courage, I say, and prefer rather to be absent from the body and be home with the Lord. One day our groaning is going to be turned into glory. Don't forget that. You're going to have a new resurrected body. And your adoption will come to completion. Understand that. We await the ultimate perfection of this incredible adoption. New resurrected bodies. My friend Robert had looked little Sarah in the eye and he had to tell her that he had to leave without her and she climbed up in his lap and cried for an hour. But Robert made a promise to Sarah that day. He said, no matter how long it takes me, no matter how much it costs me, I am never going to quit and I am never going to give up and I'm going to get you home. God has promised to complete your adoption. One day he's going to bring you home. He has promised. He's going to bring his child home. A week after returning to the United States, Robert received a phone call from the Ghanaian embassy. Sarah's visa would be printed at the end of the week. Robert's wife was able to go over and finish the adoption process, and Sarah is now home with her family. Here's a picture of her with her daddy. Someday you're going to be with your heavenly father. Someday your adoption is going to be complete. Robert went on to tell me that the trip for little Sira was magical. It's a little girl from the slums of Ghana, Africa, getting on a big plane, a jet, 
flying with everything, landing in London Heathrow's airport, flying into Chicago O'Hare, where other children they've adopted from Ghana were there to embrace her and welcome her as they relived what they had gone through as well. I want you to understand your home going is going to be magical in the greatest spiritual sense of the word. You're going home someday to see your father. You're going home and you'll be reunited with your siblings. Your adoption will be complete. The story of your adoption, God made the trip for you. He paid the price for you. He began a relationship with you. He promises a future to you. Out of love chose you and will complete it for you. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we are amazed at your goodness that we do not deserve, that you've claimed us as your own children, those condemned, those so full of sin. May we draw close to you and not distance ourselves. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you do know the Lord as your heavenly Father, just take a moment right now and give him praise. Thank him for his love and his kindness in choosing you. Maybe you've been one of his children that has distanced himself or herself and it's time to come back. Confess any sin right now. And with open arms, the Lord is ready to sweep you up and love on you. You may be here today, and today needs to be the day of your adoption. You thought you were a child of God, but you realize you're not. You realize you've just been a religious person. Today, you can call on the Lord in faith, and he will welcome you into his family and forgive you of all your sin. And you may say, Scott, that's me. I I, want to be adopted. Well, in the quietness of your heart right now, just call out to the Lord in faith. Just use words like these, Lord, please adopt me today. Please make me your child. Forgive me, I pray, of all my sin. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for loving me that much. I place my faith in you alone to save me. I can't save myself. Please forgive and save me, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've called out to the Lord and you've been adopted today, We'd love to encourage you in that decision. And you can talk to a good Christian friend or family member and let them know you've done that or talk to one of us here at the church. In our bulletin, there's a little tear-off sheet. You can write your name on there and just drop that in the offering plate. But let us know that today was your adoption.